Yo, 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 what's up, folks? Welcome back to the Rotobahn Podcast. Pete Davidson here. Uh, as always, uh, that was the great George Baker with the little green bag on the way in there, giving us a little Reservoir Dogs vibe. I'm in a take-no-shit mode. Hopefully hopefully you guys are, too. Um, so uh, before I get into... This is going to be a brief podcast. This is really just sort of a say-hello uh, pod. I want to just get back behind the mic, let you guys know I'm still alive and that the mic still works. Um, uh, and, and I don't want to be like the grandfather of fantasy who like shows up and tells you about his physical ailments. Uh, so I'm going to make this really quick, but um, look, I've just been battling um, a skin and joint condition uh, that's really been challenging. Um, it's, uh, it's painful, it's uh, distracting, it's brutal. Uh, but you know, compared to what my friend Mike Tagliere is going through right now, it's nothing. Uh, and that's something that sort of keeps me going because I'm like, if Mike can do what he's doing on a day-to-day -day basis, I can certainly deal with this. Um, however, it takes a lot of time. Uh, it requires a lot of therapy. Um, and I'm spending more time in a doctor's office uh, than I should. Uh, the good news is that this is not like some life-threatening thing uh, and I'm okay, I don't want anybody to worry about me. Uh, I just apologize at the intermittency, if you will, uh, of the content over the last couple months. It's been really tough. In addition to this thing that I'm battling, um, you know, my wife's father was in hospice and we lost him a month ago. We've got a memorial service coming up very soon. Both of our kids moved into college, which was way more challenging doing the transition from our home to their new home than we thought. Uh, my wife started, started a new job with this incredibly tough commute in both directions. Um, so I, I'm really just getting started. I could keep going. So life has been really f just effing hectic around my house. We've had two flood events in the last six weeks uh, and dealing with those uh, falls on uh, my tired ass. So really been juggling a lot of stuff. Um, and I just want to thank you guys for your patience. Okay. I kept that to about two minutes, and that's not too bad. Um, in short, life's been dealing me a lot of lemons. Um, and luckily, I, I have the perspective where I'm not going to just bitch about lemons. I'm really going to try to turn them into lemonade for me, for you, uh, for everybody who's kind enough to listen to this podcast uh, and read the site. So mostly what I'm going to do here is just talk a little DFS because I'm in that kind of mood. That's where my mind is. Uh, again, I really wanted this to just be a say hello podcast. Let you guys know this podcast is so not dead. Um, October 9th is the day we're going to be doing the memorial service I mentioned. Um, until that time, there is a certain level of distracting distraction in my house. Um, the content will probably be the way it has been for the next couple weeks. Maybe not quite as predictable as I want it to be, but it's going to be what you've seen the last two weeks where it's me watching a ton of film and, and packaging my takes together to give you guys the stuff that I see that I think is actionable to, to help you move your teams forward towards the playoffs, towards championships, uh, and all that good stuff. Um, so there is lemonade coming. I am not just going to bitch about lemons. We're really going to try to grind and do the things that, that help us win. Um, now, uh, and there will be um, a, another article coming out later uh, today, uh, Rotobahn Part 3, which I don't normally do. Um, and it's going to talk about this new process that, that I'm getting into. And um, it, the article will be a little bit more specific about it. But basically, um, I use uh, an episode of The West Wing to sort of explain the point I'm trying to make. And the point is that I'm committing myself to my original process, the process that I enjoy the most, the process that gives me the best results, the process that turned me into a winning player uh, at this game. You know, um, Do I use some analytics? Yeah, I do. Um, 
you know, when it when they help me, I use them. I'm not anti-analytics, but I am a film-based analyst. And for me to do something else would really be to take my my best skill and not use it. Um, and for me to be an analytics-based analyst would be sort of silly since there are guys out there who are 10 times better at that stuff than me. So I am sort of, to the extent that I can, staying in my lane and doing what I do. Um, and I'm hoping um, that you guys like it. I think that what we've come up with for the first couple of weeks has been helpful. I'm going to continue to look for the best stuff to present each week. It's a bit of a shape-shifting beast. Um, it's not like when I used to just do waiver wire and rankings where you're pouring into the same two containers every week and you're looking for the things that fit into those two containers. Now my mind and my eyes are more open and I'm looking at the big picture. I'm trying to see the mosaic um, and find what the most actionable things are that are happening, whether they fit into those two buckets or not. And I, I ultimately think it's going to make you guys smarter because I think it's going to make me smarter. Um, um, or at the very least more informed, um, a lot more of the information that I find actionable that I can turn into actionable fantasy information. So hopefully um, you guys are down with that. Um, and I just, I want to say the, the traffic on the site has not been diminished. I just want to say thanks because what it says to me is that you guys are giving me a little bit of trust. You're keeping an open mind. You're saying, okay, we trust Pete a little bit. He wants to do something different. We're going we're gonna to check it out. At least that's what's happened so far. And just, you know, from the heart, I appreciate that. So thank you. Um, basically, um, as you're going to see in the article that comes out later in the day, um, the, 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 the basic theory here is that you have to go in to evaluations with an open mind, right? I don't have predetermined ideas of what I'm going to see when I start a football game. Um, it's discovery. Uh, and as, 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 the, as the quote in the article will say, discovery has no roadmap. You have to just sort of go in and see what you're going to find. And, and, and that's the attitude I'm bringing to this, a very open mind. And there could be weeks where I watch a lot of film and don't have a whole lot of actionable stuff to give you because everything that week was sort of par. I mean, when I'm looking at film, what I'm looking for are things that are above and below par, right? Like, hey, this guy is running cold and there's a reason and we need to get off him or move him or whatever. And this guy is running a lot better than we thought and we want to get involved with this player, maybe acquire him, maybe use him in DFS this week, whatever the case may be. And guys that are just doing exactly what we think they should be doing, like they're par. We're not going to report that player X is exactly what we thought he was going to be based on the last two weeks and what he did this week, right? We're going to let that lie because we're going to, I'm going to assume that my readers are smart enough to understand we've defined these guys and they are as defined, right? So when we watch film, what we're really looking to do is find the actionable differences, the things that have changed, the things that have evolved that we can take advantage of. And, and, and that's the mentality I'm trying to bring to my film watching each week. Um, and look, again, I just appreciate the fact that the that you folks are willing to keep your minds open and keep reading this stuff, um, and it fires me up. It makes me want to do a better job, to be honest. So once again, I'm excited about what we're doing, um, and and I'm excited about what I'm going to see next week. Like like this is the point where I want to say, hey guys, here's what's coming week four. But the truth of the matter is, I don't know. I haven't discovered it yet. I haven't watched the film. I may have like five recommendations that I'm just pounding the table on next week saying, guys, you got to get involved in player X, Y, Z, and, and so on and so forth. Or I might be, you know, this is a week where we want to sit tight. This is a week where we want to, you know, let, let things come to us. You know, you just don't know what you're going to get. It's like Christmas morning. You open the gifts. It might be stuff that blows your mind. It might be socks, <laughs> you know, uh, we're going to know when we get there. Um, 
So again, that's where I'm at. Um, one week they might there might be a lot of trade stuff. One week one week it might be waiver wire stuff because a lot of people you know popped. Um, one week we might be talking a lot about DFS because I see a lot of interesting angles in DFS. Um, the content on some level is going to write itself. Um, so you know again. Um, I'm going to sort of push myself to not take shortcuts. I'm going to push myself to not take the easy way out. Um, and I may say, and I'm going to try to push myself to give you guys more of the takes that I used to sort of keep to myself. And when I say that, I don't mean, hey, this is a really good idea. I'm not going to tell anybody. I, it's more like this is so risky that I'm not willing to tell other people about it. I'll do this with my team, but I don't feel confident enough to tell other people to do it with their teams because it's so far outside the box. I'm going to try to be more forthcoming about that stuff um, and try to quantify it as such. Like, hey guys, I'm doing this. It's risky. It's, you know, the kind of stuff where if you're watching it on TV, they say, don't try this stuff at home, kids. But if I can't tell you guys about that outside the box stuff, I don't know. Then I, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. So I'm going to work hard to contextualize even the things that I used to sort of keep to myself. Um, and I'm going to try to just really whiteboard what I do each week um, so you guys can see what I'm thinking and why I'm saying the things that I say. Anyway, that was a bit long-winded. <laughs> but, it, you know, it means a lot to me um, that this thing is organic, that it's not me trying to please people, but me delivering reality as I see it to my readers. Uh, hopefully you guys understand the distinction there. Having interfaced with so many of you over the last couple of years on Twitter and via email and so forth, I, I think you do. Anyway, um, like I said, this is going to be a short podcast. So really, um, we're probably going to be here like another 10 minutes. Um, I will probably be dropping a podcast tomorrow morning on where I end up on DFS, what my short list of players is this week. Um, you know, so absolutely check back for that. And next week, there's going to be podcasts. Next week, I think there almost definitely will be a Tuesday podcast and then maybe two others, depending on how the, the content flows. But this mic is not going to stay cold. I promise you. And I, I really do. It's a freaking promise. Um, all right. So this week's slate, and we're just going to say, oh, this is just a little open-ended chat because I'm still sort of halfway through building my board this week, but there is so much out there that's interesting. Uh, and where I'd like to start is just sort of the overall flow of the slate, the way I'm sort of looking to play it. Um, I mean, I look at these two late games, the last two in the schedule, uh, Tampa um, at the Rams and Seattle at Minnesota. Uh, I mean, Vegas has all of these teams over 25 points. So, uh, I mean, 28 and 27, Tampa at the Rams, 28 and 26, uh, Seattle at Minnesota. So these games are very similar in terms of how they're laid out. Um, we have the road team favorite uh, in both games. Uh, so there's all kinds of potential here. Clearly, the field uh, is going to want to play uh, these games somehow. For me, I like the way, and, and, and really, when you look at the 4 o'clock games, there are ways we can get involved in Miami um, Raiders, and there are, there are even ways we can get involved in the Jets-Denver. So there's a lot of different things we can use in these four afternoon games. There are a lot of uh, guys with high ceilings. There's a lot of different um, shapes in terms of guys who might be uh, more or less rostered. Uh, so, you know, like we could go to a Tampa Bay guy, um, you know, you know 
Brady's got three big guys he could throw to this week with Antonio Brown out, um, whereas Minnesota's going to probably be more of a, uh, a two-stream. Same thing with Seattle. Um, you know, we could pivot to uh, uh, one of the Raiders guys. Waller's the guy I sort of like there. Uh, Miami, we could pivot to a Waddle. There's a lot of things you can do in the afternoon games. Different price levels, uh, different levels of rostership. There's lots of ways we can pivot and tailor in late swap. Um, and towards that end, you know, the way I'm sort of looking at it is I'd like to see how many quarterback stack stacks I can set up early. Um, there's some really cheap stacks where if they hit, it gives me all kinds of options of what I could do with a late swap. Uh, similarly, if they crap out on me, I can assume a lot of risk in the late afternoon games and see if I can dig my way out that way. Uh, but, you know, I mean, just for example, um, it, it, you know, things you can do with not very much money. Uh, and we'll talk about some of these game environments. Um, you know, and again, we're just, we're only going to be here five or ten minutes. Um, you know, Justin Fields, we talked about a lot this week. I love picking him up. Obviously, they're on the road against a reasonably strong defense um, in the Browns. So uh, Vegas only has the Bears at 18-5. So there's a lot of smart people who think Fields is just going to struggle here. And clearly, after last week, there's plenty of people in the community that don't think he's going to do well. He hasn't been anywhere near as hot a commodity as I would have anticipated, given what this kid can do physically. So... Fields is sitting there at 52, almost at, at the effective floor for the quarterbacks. Um, you know, I sort of like Mooney's matchup here. I mean, obviously, A-Rob at 62 is affordable. Um, but Mooney and Fields come in at 9,500 for the stack. If that stack hits, you could be in a really commanding place late in the afternoon um, to really just play the guys you want to play. If you use Odell Beckham as a bringback at 5,300 units, you can get a high upside stack and a high upside bring back all for under 15k uh, 4800 for the price of that three player um, stack or whatever you want to call it game stack it, you know that is interesting to me now clearly we have to have some respect for the 185 that Vegas is dropping on us here there's a there's a possibility that fields is going to do nothing so I want to use him aggressively I want to use him in medium to large size field tournaments um, and I want to um, keep him at an exposure rate that can't take my weekly portfolio down um, I want access to fields um, in events where a big day can help me a lot, but I also want to use some other things. So when I get to that late swap, I have more than one situation on my hands, more than one way to play it. So I, you know, I can pay down for fields. Um, I can also pay down for some for some other some some other guys. I think Goff at 52, you could play him with Hawkinson. And now, you know, now Fields runs a lot, so we don't want to overstack him because if if half of his points are on the ground and you double stack him, one of those stacks probably isn't going to get it done, and, 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 and you're going to hurt yourself in, in larger field events, right? But with a guy like Jared Goff at 52, now I don't love Goff, but if he hits, it's probably going to be pass volume. I mean, he's not going to run, um, and I don't think his running backs are in a position to just run the Ravens off the field. The, the game's pick script is probably going to keep them from doing it, even if the matchup allowed it, right? So I think Goff could easily be forced into a high pass volume situation. We know a lot of it's going to go to Hawkinson. Um, and then with either uh, Quintez Cephas at 39 or Amon Ross St. Brown at 33, you can get a very cheap 
you know, three-player stack. Um, there are plenty of ways to bring it back with Ravens. Um, you can bring it back with a Raven running back. Um, you can bring it back with Hollywood Brown, who I love at 56. You can bring it back with Andrews. There's lots of ways to do it if you want. You could you could avoid the, the Ravens bring back. But to me, you know, if if we buy into the Goff is chasing all day, then the Ravens are up and we should probably, you know, have a Raven in there. But anyway, um, you know, this is another game where if I do that stack and it hits, then I'm in a place where I can really set myself up um, with the late swaps. Um, the KC game, for what it's worth, I mean, a lot of people are going to want to get involved in this game for obvious reasons. Uh, the Derwin James factor is is big here. It looks like he's going to be close to healthy. He's probably going to be playing. Um, do they use him on Kelsey? Uh, do they use him on Tyreek? Um, you know, do they do a shadow one double the other kind of thing? And if they do that, are they basically daring the Chiefs to beat them with their secondary players? I certainly would be willing to try that. If I were the Chargers in a scenario like that, you've got Hardman down at 39. He hasn't really hit yet, but he's getting targeted a lot. This could be the game Hardman pops. Um, so I would not be afraid to to fade the big names in this game and play guys like Hardman. And I know this is going to be tough for some people to hear, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in a game like this could be a real factor. Um, and he is dirt cheap at 4,800. So there are some unique ways to play this game if you're willing. I would not be scared of like an Eckler on one side bringing back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Hardman. Gives me some nice access to this game. If I'm right, once again, I've got some nice information going into those late games of ways I can use late swap to my advantage. Um, am I going to do a lot of CEH and a lot of Hardman? No, but I do think um, you know, that's one way to play this game. If, if you want to play Mahomes, that could be a way to get a unique stack in there. Um, I'm probably not playing a lot of Mahomes this week. I just feel like price considered, he's probably not going to win me a big tournament, but you know, We'll see. I'm still early in my process. Now, Falcons at Giants. Now, this is an interesting game because, and maybe this is my New York psychology. I've watched the Giants so many times. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times in the course of my life I've watched a Giant game where it was supposed to be high scoring and it's the ugliest effing thing you've ever seen. The Giants are like notorious for this and so are the Falcons. Matt Ryan Every time I think this guy's going to be good, he's a dud. We've talked about Matt Ryan and me on this podcast many times. We're going to leave that there. But this is a game that just looks so much like it should go off. But even Vegas doesn't quite want to let it go, right? Vegas doesn't want to put this thing at 50. They've got they've got it in the, you know, the high 40s. You know, it's a, what is it, about 47.5. So this game's got that potential, but both teams are so disorganized. Both teams are so not good that even though we've got a lot of offensive talent and two weak defenses this thing I, I could easily see this game just being a big scuffle for half the game where nobody can quite get it going much the way the the eagles and the 49ers played last week and if you overly invest in this game and that's what we get this game could take your day down so the way i'm going to attack this game is by you know hunting and pecking and being involved in it but not building my day around it 
Um, I'm going to have a Daniel Jones team or two. I'm going to be pretty heavy on Barkley. Um, I just I love the way they used him so heavily on a four days rest, and now he's got 14 days rest. It's a big game. The Giants really need it. Um, you know, if Saquon Barkley isn't heavily targeted in this game, I really don't know what. Um, so Barkley at a really reduced 65 rate. This is a guy when he's right could be a 10k. Right, he's home against a weak defense. I'm going to get some of that action. By the same token. There are ways to play giant stacks. You could do Jones, Barkley, and Slayton. You could do Jones and Sterling. You could do Jones and Slayton without Barkley. You know, you could do Barkley and then non-Barkley lineups. And I think the bringbacks on the Atlanta side are excellent. Again, without committing too heavily to this game. Um, but I think Pitts is a great bring back at 4,900. I really do. I like him a lot. Um, so, you know, a giant stack with Pitts as a bring back, I am, I'm down. Um... Now, um, is there anything? Oh, you know, I mean, Kyler's a great play this week. And I think, you know, this is one of those games where you want to look at it and look at the shape of the game, right? How is this most likely to play out? It sure seems like Arizona is just going to come in and quickly roll Jacksonville. But Vegas is giving Jacksonville the ability to score some points. Maybe what Vegas is seeing, which is what I've seen, is that when Lawrence isn't throwing picks, he looks really good. Um, he's got you know a handful of head scratchers each week. But other than that, the guy looks like a big-time quarterback to me. Maybe they think that this game could end up being high scoring. They've got it just south of, um, well, actually, they've got it over 50. So, um, you know, the thing about this game is the shape, like I said. Um, do they allow Kyler to put himself at risk deep into a blowout? Um, Nuke is banged up with ribs. Could that mean that Rondale Moore gets more action this week than he's been seeing? And when I say that, I mean beyond just the scheme stuff. Do they get this guy down the field more often than they've been doing it? Um, so, you know, maybe fading Kyler and playing Rondale. Um, maybe avoiding the quarterbacks in this game and just playing, like, mixtures of Rondale, Moore, Marvin Jones, and Chenault could be a way to attack this game. Um, so, you know... Uh, Definitely this is a game you want to play, but we have to look at it in terms of it being like an oblong game with Arizona ahead and Jacksonville chasing. Um, and Lamar at 8,300 can be tough to get to depending uh, on what you're doing. Um, let me see here. I think real quick on defenses, I like the Patriot defense a lot this week if I can get to it. Um, I like the Browns defense even opposite Fields, I think that's a reasonable uh, way to go. If you want to pay down, I think the Bengals defense against a geriatric Roethlisberger could be a thing. Um, if you can pay for the Denver defense, probably has merit. I think another pay down defense um, that's worth looking at is the Raiders at home against Jacoby Brissett. So defense shouldn't be too tough this week. I think there's some good pay ups. I think there's some good pay downs. Um, I'm probably not going to spend a whole lot of time in that middle range uh, for what it's worth. Um, you know, and then again, um, what I'm doing with all these morning games is really trying to set myself up to be able to have some good choices going into these late games. And, you know, again, Cup, Woods, Higby, Van Jefferson, I think these guys are all going to be in play because I don't think the Rams are going to be able to run against Tampa. So unless the Rams can keep Tampa from scoring, this game has a really good chance to evolve into a 
Both teams are going to throw a fair amount. The Rams are going to be in a position where they have to throw. Stafford obviously is a guy who can throw, 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 and throw all day. Um, and you've got various price levels. Cup is expensive, but Woods is only 5700 Higby is cheap after last week's crap out. And Van Jefferson, who's been playing starter snaps, is all the way down at 3400 So, you know, you could play... I don't know. What would, I mean, you could do Gronkowski and Van Jefferson, like in a game like this, and and you know, don't play Evans coming off the big game. Don't play Godwin, who could be dealing with Ramsey. Go to Gronk. Hope you're right. Pay down to Van Jefferson. You could hit that and still have a ton of money left over. So that, like that's one unique way you could go at that game. You know, in the Minnesota game, I I don't the the biggest thing is the FOMO because I want to play Lockett, I want to play DK, I want to play Jefferson, I want to play Thielen, um, and I think probably just picking a pair of those guys um, is the way to go. So um, I'm gonna want to get that game into most of my lineups. So really, it's what I'd really like to do. If I can swing it, and again, I haven't gotten too deep into my lineup construction yet. But what I really like is the idea of spreading out my QB exposure in the early games, and then taking the teams that don't hit, adding risk, taking the teams that do hit, um, and trying to play into the thick studly part of the afternoon. Um, so that's where I'm at now. But again, um, I am off to therapy, uh, and then I'm going to come back here and spend the rest of the day uh, putting the last um, Rotobahn article together uh, and building my board. So tomorrow morning, uh, Jim Hackett and I are going to be live from 8 a.m. Uh, to 9 a.m. We're going to definitely hit a lot of DFS. Uh, that will be posted. I'll I'll tweet it out. Uh, so we'll have some meat on the bone there. And then I'm going to do a short DF pod after that. Uh, so there's more coming this week. Uh, please check it out if you're inclined. Uh, and, we, and week four is going to be chock full of stuff. Uh, so once again, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for being patient with me uh, over the last couple months. Uh, and, you know, onward, upward, and all that good stuff. See you guys soon.